the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. This family is at fault in some way. Some, of course, deserve more blame than others, but they all played a role. And you could point fingers and say, well, the dad didn't do this, and Esau didn't do that, and well, the wife didn't deceive, and Jacob didn't go. You know, you could point fingers back and forth, but they all played a role. And this is what I want you to understand here, that the result of this one conflict tore apart the family. When you don't keep God first in every area of your life, things will start to fall apart. When a whole household leaves God out of their lives, it can be messy. Finger-pointing, unforgiveness, pride, and arguments are just the beginning. Today you'll see Jacob and Esau's family in the Old Testament and how Satan had a serious foothold in them from their lack of reverence to God. Pastor Dan's going to show you how behavior can get out of hand and eventually lead to destruction when God's not in the picture. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 26 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. chapter 25. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be those who bless you. That's right out of the covenant that God made with Abraham back in Genesis chapter 12. Isaac blesses his son, who he thinks is Esau, and his blessing is essentially, may God bless you and prosper you abundantly in the future, and may you have a place of leadership and influence in the future. And may your brothers bow down to you. Again, he believes he's speaking to Esau. So he's talking about Jacob. But God said that Esau will bow down and serve Jacob. Verse 30. Watch what happens in verse 30. Now it happened as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob. And Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac's father. That Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. This was a close call. Right. As Jacob is going out the back door, Esau's coming in the front door. Again, if we were watching this as a movie, you know, you'd see Jacob sitting there with his father. And then the shot would go to Esau coming in from the field and getting closer and closer to the tent. And at some point you would be yelling at this screen, get out of there, Jacob, get out of there. You got to get out of the tent. And just as he goes out and walks Esau from the field, verse 31 He also had made savory food and brought it to his father and said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's game that your soul may bless me. And his father, Isaac, said to him, who are you? So he said, I am your son, your firstborn, Esau. 
been an interesting, brings up the firstborn thing. Hey, it's me, the firstborn, the one with the birthright, remember? That I despise, but now that you're handing out blessings, let me remind you, I am the firstborn, right? Verse 33, then Isaac trembled exceedingly and said, who? Where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came, and I have blessed him, and indeed he shall be Blessed, it says, Isaac trembled exceedingly when he realized what happened. And he did not tremble with anger. He trembled with fear. The fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom. And he trembled with fear because he realized that the Lord prevented him from blessing Esau instead of Jacob. And that's why he says at the end of verse 33, he indeed shall be Blessed, He realizes here, hey, God's will will be done. No matter what I try to do to get around it, God's will will be done. Nothing can stop our Lord from fulfilling his plan. We can't prevent God from doing his will and blessing his children and carrying out his promises. May that be comforting to us. As we see the world growing darker and darker and more uncertain, One thing is certain, nothing will stop our God. Nothing will stop our God from carrying out his plan. And so Isaac is sitting there trembling because he knows the Lord has done this. I I tried to ignore God's word and do my own thing because I love Esau more. I didn't want Jacob to have the birthright and the blessing. I wanted Esau to have it, even though he's profane and godless. I tried to circumvent what God wanted me to do. And man, God just divinely, sovereignly intervened. And so he's shaking now because of the sovereignty of God in, in controlling this, carrying out his will. Verse 34, when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me, me also, O my father. Now, if you're taking notes, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 17 mentions Esau crying here. And it says he wanted the blessing, but was rejected because he found no place for repentance. And this is important. Esau's crying here, exceedingly great crying. That means ugly crying. And he is crying his heart out here, but he doesn't repent. He doesn't repent. To repent means to change your mind and then to change your behavior. Repentance is coming to the realization that you are on the wrong path and then changing direction and getting on the right path. Esau cries with an exceedingly great and bitter cry, but he didn't repent. He didn't repent. He's sorry. He's sorrowful that he didn't receive a blessing, but he's not sorry enough to change. Right. And sometimes people are very sorry, very sorry about the way things are going, very sorry about the wake that they're leaving and the damage that they're causing and they're broken hearted about it, but they don't change. They don't change their behavior. Esau's like a lot of people. You know, a lot of people want the blessing without the responsibility. There are many people, many people, probably most people, they want God's blessing. They want God to bless their family. They want God to bless their marriage. They want God to bless their career, bless their job, whatever it may be. They want God's blessing, but they aren't really willing to make any changes 
in their life. They aren't willing to repent of their sins. They aren't willing to turn from their sin and turn to Jesus Christ and make him preeminent in their life. But they want the blessing. Bless me also. Don't forget I'm the firstborn. And that was Esau. A profane man who wants God's blessing. And listen to me. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You can't live a godless life and then expect God to bless your life. It just doesn't work that way. You can't just go live however you want and do whatever you want and then expect God to bless you the way that God wants to bless you. You cannot despise the responsibility and expect God's blessings at the same time. But that was Esau. That's a lot of people. Verse 35, but he said, your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. Now notice what he says there. He has taken away your blessing. Jacob didn't take away the blessing. He has the birthright. The blessing belonged to him. Now look at verse 36. And Esau said, is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away from me the birthright. And now look, he has taken away my blessing. That's not true either. Jacob didn't take away the birthright from Esau. Esau willingly surrendered the birthright for a bowl of soup. And the blessing goes to the person who possesses the birthright. So Jacob didn't take either the birthright or the blessing. I want you to note here that the two people in this chapter that accuse Jacob of being a deceiver and stealing the birthright and the blessing are Isaac and Esau. The very two people who are ignoring God's word and trying to circumvent God's plan who got caught by the Lord where you have one person who is deliberately trying to do his own thing, Isaac, And the other one is a godless man, a profane man. Not exactly two trustworthy sources of information. You know, this reminds me of when the religious leaders accused Jesus of being a wine-bibber and a glutton and a friend of sinners. That description of Jesus simply isn't true. And let me just say to you also that there may be some people in your life who form false opinions about you and say things about you that are simply not accurate. And it can be very painful, but it's okay because you're in good company. They said that about Jesus. They said things about him that just weren't true. So then verse 37, Isaac answered and said to Esau, Indeed, I have made him your master and all his brethren. I have given to him as servants with grain and wine. I have sustained him. What shall I do now for you, my son? He's got the birthright. He's got the blessing. It's all been given to him. (laughs) Now, you may be thinking here at this point, well, why didn't Isaac just take back the blessing from Jacob? Why didn't Isaac say, well, Jacob deceived me. I didn't know it was Jacob when I said that, so the blessing doesn't count. It's null and void. Well, the reason is in that culture, you could not take back a promise that you've declared once it's said. There are some cultures still today that still have this principle that once something is declared, once something is stated or said, it cannot be changed or revoked. There's no take backs in those cultures. By the way, the word of God is like that. What God has said stands forever. It cannot be changed. It cannot be altered in any way. It is immutable. 
And so now verse 38, and Esau said to his father, have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me, me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and he wept. And then Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, Behold, your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above. By your sword you shall live and you shall serve your brother. And it shall come to pass when you become restless that you shall break his yoke from your neck. Doesn't really sound too good of a blessing there, right? What he does say in verse 39 sounds very similar to the blessing Isaac declared to Jacob. But what he says in verse 39 is actually the opposite of the promise he made to Jacob. Listen to verse 39 in the New International Version. His father Isaac answered him, Your dwelling will be away from the earth's richness, away from the dew of heaven above. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now let's finish today's message. Esau's blessings will not be in the promised land. They're going to be away from the promised land, away from the dew of heaven. That means you're going to be dwelling in the desert. So I want you to see here, and I promise we're almost finished. Because Esau despised the birthright, he lost the blessing along with all of the material blessing that goes with it. He will dwell away from God's blessing. And that is the case with godless people. They are separated from God by their sin, and they are separated from God's blessings. So again, verse 40, by your sword you shall live and you shall serve your brother and it shall come to pass when you become restless that you shall break his yoke from your neck. So Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. And the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. So she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Surely your brother Esau comforts himself concerning you by intending to kill you. (laughs) Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to my brother Laban and Haran. Remember, Rebekah came from Haran. And stay with him, notice, a few days until your brother's fury turns away until your brother's anger turns away from you and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be bereaved also of you both in one day? So here, Rebekah, she hears of Esau's intention and his anger and his hatred wanting to kill Jacob. So she says, just go to Haran, stay with my brother Laban. Now, Haran was about seven or 800 miles away. It's going to take months for Jacob to make that journey. But Rebekah says, go to Laban, my brother, in Haran. 
Stay with him a few days. It's going to take you a couple months to get there, but then stay a few days. Until Notice what she says. Until your brother's anger turns away and he forgets what you have done to him, to which Jacob probably thought, what I've done? This was your idea. This was all you. You're the one who, you know, cooked the two goats and made the garments and the skin. I was the one who said, I don't want to deceive dad. This is all you. She's shifting blame. Can you imagine a mom blaming her child? Sure you can. This is just how their family is. Now, Jacob will travel to Haran, and a few days in Haran will turn into 20 years. And by the time Jacob returns, his mother, Rebekah, will have died. Rebekah will never see the son she loves again. She doesn't know this, but this is their final goodbye. And just kind of in closing here, Isaac attempted to ignore God's word and circumvent God's plan for his own plan by blessing Esau instead of Jacob, even though he knew that Jacob was the chosen son and Esau was unwilling and unworthy to be the patriarch and Esau was not God's choice. Isaac tries to work around that and get his own will done. And then Esau, knowing that he sold the birthright to Jacob, instead of speaking up and saying, hey, the birthright's no longer mine, dad. It belongs to Jacob, so the blessing belongs to him. Esau went along with this, breaking the oath that he made to Jacob regarding the birthright. Then Rebekah, the wife, uses deception to try to get her husband to do the right thing, and she drags her son, Jacob, into this deception. Jacob is pressured into this by his mother to go along with it. Jacob goes along with it. Jacob lies and deceives his father. And so, so everyone in this family played a part in this. Everyone in this family is at fault in some way. Some, of course, deserve more blame than others, but they all played a role. And you could point fingers and say, well, the dad didn't do this, and if Esau didn't do that, and well, the wife didn't deceive, and Jacob didn't go. You know, you could point fingers back and forth, but they all played a role. And this is what I want you to understand here, that the result of this one conflict tore apart the family. It tore apart the family because of this one event in the family and the response of each family member to this one incident, the family relationships were destroyed. Rebecca never saw her favorite son again, and Jacob faced a life without his father, without his mother, and without his brother. He loses all relationship with his entire family. When we get to Genesis chapter 47, Jacob is nearing the end of his life, and Jacob describes his life this way. He says, long and evil were my days. In other words, I had a real hard life. Some translations say painful. I had a painful life. And much of that pain and much of that hardship was set in motion here in chapter 27 with this one event in the family that was handled so poorly by everyone involved that it blew up everything, just blows up the family. One mishandled event in a family can tear the family apart. 
when you got everybody in the family, you know, walking in the flesh instead of walking in the spirit and everyone handling it the wrong way, it can destroy a family. Just one event. So just as we close, I want to share with you just some obvious lessons or observations we learned from this one incident because it has such a long-lasting impact on this family and those involved. So just some observations that we can make here that we can apply to ourselves and to our families. Number one, don't ignore God's word. Isaac ignored God's word. Don't ignore God's word. Number two, don't try to circumvent God's plan for your own plan or try to get what you want, what you think will make you happy. That's what Isaac does. Don't despise your God-given responsibility to your family. Don't despise your God-given responsibility to your family like Esau did. God has called you. God has called you to be a father, to be a husband, to be a mother, to be a wife, to be a son, to be a daughter. God has called you and given you a certain place and a certain responsibility. Whatever God has called you to, do it. Don't despise it. Do it. Number four, don't lie. Sounds simple enough, right? Don't lie. Number five, don't be deceptive. Deception is never the answer. Getting your way with your spouse by deceiving them or doing things behind their back, never the answer. Never the answer. Number six, seek peace with others. Seek peace with others. Romans says, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Hebrews 12, 14 says, pursue peace with all people. Psalm 34, verse 14, turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Number seven, be quick to repent and ask forgiveness if you've done something against another person in your family. Be quick to repent and ask forgiveness if you've done something against a family member. And number eight, the other side of that, be quick to forgive others. Be quick to forgive others. Ephesians says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. That means you need to resolve it today before the day ends. Don't let it last overnight or over a week, over a month, or over 20 years, as is the case in this family. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Colossians 3.13 says, bear with each other and forgive one another If any of you has grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Number nine, endeavor to keep unity in your family. Endeavor to keep unity in your family. Psalm 133 verse 1 says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Ephesians 4.3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort, every effort that you can. However many people are in your family, you got all these different people. So you might be the only person making effort. But as for you, Christian, follower of Jesus, you make every effort to keep unity in the family. What did Rebecca do, the mom? She sent Jacob away. You, you just go away until he gets over it. That's not making every effort to seek unity. Make every effort. And I would add to this, pray for unity in your family. Pray for peace in your family. Pray for the Holy Spirit to work on your family. Pray for the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your family. 
and know that Jesus is able to heal and restore any broken relationship. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and we encourage you to keep reading on your own. As you go through Genesis, it's important to not lose sight of the bigger picture of God's plan. You get some valuable insights into God's character through this book and how He interacts and intercedes with those He's created. Would you like to listen to more teachings from this series or explore other message series from God's Word? If so, visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you every time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We also want to encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with the Lord. It's important to spend time in fellowship with other believers. The body of Christ functions best together after all. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Visit calvaryec.com to find directions and get more information about joining us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time to continue this study in Genesis right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.